Welcome everyone to the Hecate's Doorway Podcast. Welcome back. We are back with part two. Los. Part deuce. Ni. Part two of Vlad the Impaler. So what is part two about? What's it going to take place? Well, part two is just going to pick up where we left off, and it's going to finish off the story of Vlad. Mm -hmm. And in part three, we're going to go over... Because throughout this, we don't really cover the shit he does or the shit that it's said that he did, like the the very violent shit. So in part three, we're going to go over all the different stories, because as I looked into it, um, there's basically three groups of people in the surrounding areas that have stories of yeah. Vlad's shit. There's the Germans, Ooh. the Russians, and then the Romanians. Damn. And then as well as that, we'll also kind of just go into his lasting impact and legacy. Especially talking about the way he's basically a war hero over in Romania. Yeah. So... That's kind of our uh, little schedule for how we're going to be talking about this. Nice, nice. So, without further ado, let's just pick this shit back up. When we last left off, Vlad had just ended his yearly tribute to the new sultan, Mehmed II, and made an alliance with the new king of Hungary, Matthias Corvinus, against the Ottoman Empire. But Mehmed had spies in Hungary who soon informed him of said plans in retaliation he sent messenger Thomas Catabolinos, uh, another Greek name. That's a Greek name? Yes. Oh, interesting. Catabolinos to Wallachia in 1461 in order to order that Vlad go to Constantinople. The Sultan also sent a man named Hamza Beg of Nicopolis. Don't know what that means, but... That's his name. He's Could the, be just a good title. It's the Beg of Nicopolis. To capture Vlad after he crossed the, Dan- the Danube on his way to Constantinople. But the Sultan's plans were discovered by Vlad, and he had both Hamza and Thomas executed immediately. Damn. He's just, nah, he's not fucking around. He's like, nah, you did. Nah, not happening. Soon after the execution, Vlad brought troops to the Turkish occupied fortress of Girgin. 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 He ordered in fluent Turkish for the commander of the fortress to open the gates, possibly in the disguise of a Turkish soldier, as he was known to do. See, uh, apparently, one of his war strategies was to disguise himself as the enemy nice. and then infiltrate and then just fuck shit up. Okay, okay. So, possibly. I couldn't, I couldn't find any too much about that, but he just ordered it and the door opened, so I have to imagine he was also in disguise. Yeah. That is not considered a war crime. And a lot of the things he did are now considered <laughs> war crimes. Yeah. Hmm. You mean I can't impale people anymore when I go to war? No. Damn. Upon opening the fortress, Vlad's Wallachian soldiers stormed and captured the fortress. Damn. So now the real shit has begun. It is now time for just a shitload of war. War, 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 war. Who doesn't like war? What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, unless you're a fucking rich oligarch. 
After the fortress, the Wallachian soldiers continued on their invasion of the Ottoman Empire along the Danube. The Doom. The Doom. The Danube. Danube. Devastating every village they traveled through. In a letter to Matthias Corvinus, February 11, 1462, Vlad stated that more than 22,000 Turks and Bulgarians had been slain by his command during the campaign. Vlad also asked for military assistance from Corvinus, as he claimed he had broken the peace with the Sultan for the honor of the King of Hungary and protection of Christianity. But by 1462, the relationship between Wallachia and Mol- Moldavia seemed to grow tense. Oh no. Yeah, there's. There's a. You thought there was a lot of backstabbing in episode one? Mm-hmm. Get away for a lot of backstabbing and a lot of weird. Weird relationships. Nice, nice. Yeah, there's. In response to Vlad's campaigns, Mahed II raised an army of 150,000 men. Historians seem to be in disagreement on the full intentions of the Sultan raising such an army. But some say raising an army as big as this showed that he intended to take Wallachia, while others say as he had promised Wallachia to Vlad's brother Radu, the army only meant to signal that Mahed meant to show his intentions to change its ruler. Yeah, so that that's another thing that's going on is Radu is a handsome... stayed behind and basically became an ottoman and so yeah yeah, so they're trying to get him on the throne so that way they can just you know put their hand up his butt make him a little kermit puppet little kermit king obviously vlad ain't having that in may of 1462 mehmed sent an ottoman fleet to the only wallachian port on the danube Brela. The army made its way to Wallachia, where Vlad was outnumbered as his army consisted of only 20 to 30,000, as opposed to the 150,000. Mm. Vlad resided. 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 <laughs> Vlad resorted to guerrilla warfare, organizing small ambushes of the Ottoman campsites before making a full retreat to Targovista. Before making their final retreat, on the night of either June 16th or 17th, they invaded the main Turkish camp in disguise as Ottoman soldiers in an attempt to assassinate Mehmed. Again, under disguise. These guys are doing all kinds of fucking sabotage and scepterfuge. Ooh. I don't know. But they end up attacking the wrong tent, completely blowing their cover. <laughs> By the end of June, Mehmed and his army made it to Tarkovista, which had been left abandoned, save for the impaled bodies left behind. This is one of the first instances of someone mentioning the whole forest of the impaled. So I don't I don't know if it was like other soldiers or if it was just the people in the town and I was like, fuck it, I'm impaling all y'all. But apparently there was a lot of people left behind in Targo Vista impaled Damn. and no one no one alive. It was just a complete fucking ghost town. You're like, I ain't taking no chances. I ain't taking no goddamn chances. Fuck you. Try to spook him away. Unable to subdue Vlad and Mehmed's army suffering from the summer heat and dehydration during the campaign, the Ottoman army left Wallachia, but not before setting Radu up to take the throne. Even though Vlad had proven himself skilled with his armies, twice defeating the armies left behind with Radu, 
he had all but completely alienated himself from, hung from the Hungarian nobility, who began to side with Hundu, who was left behind in Wallachia. You know, because uh, last time we talked about him, he basically said, oh, this is a thing you do? Yeah. Nah, my homie over here gonna do that. <laughs> oh, you, you trade with the Saxons? I just killed a lot of them, so, uh, and they can't trade here anymore, so sorry, bitch. Yeah. So they're not very happy with him. Even though he's very skilled on the battlefield, they're like, this guy gives us the shit we're supposed to get. Well, you know what Vlad's gonna do, right? Oh, I think we all know what he's gonna do. Yeah. Ain't gonna be pretty. Nope. I don't know, it depends. It depends, yeah. This story is not quite as bloody as we've probably all heard, and next episode we'll definitely be touching on why it's not quite so bloody. Matthias Corvinus, seemingly tired of the battle with the Ottoman Empire, struck a deal with Radu to allow him to take the Wallachian throne and imprison Vlad in order to stop the Turkish invasions into Hungary. So there's some of that backstabbing. Because mm -hmm. this is the man that started this whole thing with Vlad in the first place. Mm. In August 1462, the deals were finalized, and Vlad was set to be captured while Radu took his seat as the Voivode of Wallachia. See, I don't think anyone told Vlad that. No. there's. So he wasn't going to go down. There's some sources that say that Matthias did go to Vlad and try to work it out, and Vlad just said, yeah, fuck you. Yeah. But then others that didn't say that, so I'm not sure if they went to him first or not. But even if they did, he definitely said, not happening, fuck you, bitch. Yeah. And took off. Yeah, you can see that. being the voivode of Wallachia is the only thing this man wants in life. <laughs> During these negotiations, Vlad had fled to the Carpathian Mountains, unaware that Corvinus had been had begun plotting against him. Meanwhile, the Saxons, who Vlad had plundered and ravaged, were being convinced by the nobility to side with Radu, who had already begun winning over the the burgers. I forgot about them. <laughs> How could you forget about the burgers? I'm sorry, they're just so delicious. <laughs> the burghers uh, brought off by restraining the roles, reinstating the roles taken away by Vlad, as well as paying them 15,000 duke, ducats. I think ducats. Ducats. Hmm. And compensation. So basically, yeah, they're just giving the nobility the good old rub. They're like, oh, yeah, here, you can get all your shit back. And I mean, yeah, the Saxons. I don't know why Vlad did not like the Saxons, which are the Germans in Transylvania, basically. Ah. He did not like them. Those are the ones we talked about last time where he just went down and, like, raided them and fucked them up. Yeah. So then, <laughs> fucking Radu's like, you know, I won't do that to you. And they're just like, okay, cool. We're with you. S stop. Let us live, please. Radu's gonna be like, nah, I'm gonna <laughs> take all that back. He's like, nah, someone's getting staked tonight, <laughs> and it's not my wife. Hey. Honey, are you ready to get staked tonight? Can you mm. not can you not call it that, please? I've seen what you do. <laughs> Sometime around November of 1462, a Turkish army Vlad's Po Poranya? Po Poinari, I think. Poinari. The Serana Vlad's Poinari castle to capture Vlad, who at the time wasn't there. Low. <laughs> they fucked. Low. Like, oh wait, he's not there? Shit. Well, that's gonna be awkward. <laughs> oh shit, he ain't here. Goddamn. But his wife, whose name is unknown, was... Was... Oh, she... Yeah, she was there. That ain't, that ain't gonna be good. No, it does not end well. As the army led by Radu approached an archer fired an arrow into Vlad's main quarters, 
with a warning shot attached to where his army was approaching. Lad's wife read the note and flung herself out of the tower window onto the Argus River. Soon after, Vlad would be uh, captured by one of Corvinus' mercenaries, John Jiska. Jiska. I think that's probably where they got yeah. that scene from the, the uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula movie. Yeah. Where they like they say that he's been defeated and fucking whatever her name is jumps out of the window. Yeah. <laughs> before he comes back and then just denounces God. Oh. Yeah. I don't, apparently she was just like, yeah, no, not doing this. I can only imagine what she thought was going to happen. Yeah. Jump out of a goddamn window into the fucking rivers. She's like, I'd rather deal with this. Yeah, yeah. I don't blame her. Because probably absolutely horrible things would happen to her. Oh, I don't yeah. think they would just let her be. Nope. I never do. No. Oh, poor woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> poor unnamed woman. I don't know. Like, no. Her name's just not anywhere. Absolutely. I guess she doesn't last very long. Yeah, maybe. Alright. Corvinus would send the Pope three letters allegedly written by Vlad intended for Mehmed II to explain his imprisonment as the Pope and the Catholic Church had been financing Vlad's campaign against the Ottoman Empire. So basically, they, they catch him, and they're like the, the Pope and the Catholic Church are like, all on board for what Vlad's doing. Yeah, they're sending him money. They're like, yeah, keep get get the, get those dirty Ottomans out of here. Mm. So they when they catch him, fucking Corvinus is like, well, we gotta explain why we caught him because they're not gonna accept that. I just don't want to go to war anymore. Yeah. So they they um, made false letters. Mm-hmm. The letters stated that Vlad offered to join forces with the Sultan's army against Hungary if they put him back on the Wallachian throne. Though most historians agree that the letters were forged to justify Vlad's capture to the church. Corvinus' own court historian, Antonio Bonfini, Antonio Bonfini, would admit that the reason for Vlad's capture was never clarified. So even the fucking court historian is just like, I don't know why the fuck they did it. Just because. They're, they just they were sick of it. Yeah. Uh, Vlad was imprisoned in the city of Belgrade what is now Alba Lulia in Romania before being transferred to Visgard Visgrad they sound they sound made up yeah Belgrade and Visgrad sound like I'm playing Skyrim <laughs> where he was held for 14 years though historians believe his imprisonment was only 4 years as it seemed Vlad was able to quickly earn his way back into the favor with Hungary to the point where sometime in 1466 he was able to remarry to a member of the royal family, Corvinus's cousin Justina Siljagi. Damn. Siljagi. Who he had two sons with. Because like if if he was literally in prison for that fourteen years, obviously he wouldn't be able to marry someone from the royal family. So they're like Man has some serious riz. He got he got that riz. <laughs> I swear to god, if I hear someone say riz again, I'm gonna pluck my eardrums out. It's okay, it's okay. No, it's stupid. <laughs> it's stu- It's okay to say that new things are stupid sometimes. I know. But yeah, no. Vlad was just Vlad made his way back in. I guess I'm I'm assuming that this whole capture of Vlad thing was just a way to get like the Ottoman like I can only assume this is a way to get the Ottoman Empire to like back off a little bit so they could go back to it, maybe? Mm. Because 
even even if they just wanted them to leave and Corvinus really didn't was like tired of Vlad, he wouldn't, you know, do this fake imprisonment. Yeah. Apparently the court historian didn't know what the fuck was going on. <laughs> he settled with his new wife and his three sons, two with Justina and one from his last marriage, in Budapest before he was fully released from his imprisonment in fourteen seventy four. They were like, yeah, enough time's gone by. We can say that you have left now, I guess. <laughs> After you've been staking my cousin. Basically house arrest for him. Basically, yeah. House arrest for some some smashing. Ooh. Ooh, stakeums. During the summer of 1475, Stefan III of Moldavia, the current vovord of Moldavia, sent to Corvinus asking him to send Vlad to Wallachia to take the throne back from the current warlord, Basarab 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 Leota Leota I think that's what we're going with sounds like a Final Fantasy character half of these names sound like they belong in fantasy (laughs) games it's so weird another Ottoman place warlord who took the throne after Radu died years prior to of Syphilis Stefan wanted Wallachia to be once again ruled by someone who isn't puppet of the Ottoman Empire. This sounds like a story too, like like yeah. Vlad's away and someone's like, "We need Vlad. You need to go back to Wallachia. We need a real leader." Vlad was fully released from his imprisonment, and Matthias Corvinus again recognized as the lawful prince of Wallachia. Vlad made for Wallachia, accompanied by the Voivod of Transylvania, Stefan. Bathory. 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 Yes, the Bathory name nice. comes back. I guess, actually, Elizabeth hasn't been born yet, I don't think. No, not even close. <laughs> and a mixed army made up of Transylvanian soldiers, dissatisfied Valachian boyards. Oh no, not the boyards. Not the chef boyardies. They're coming back. Those big ass cans. <laughs> and a small force of um, Moldavian. Moldavian soldiers sent by Stefan III. See, this is also, like, a fucking, like, story. Like, just accompanied by his big ragtag army making their way back to Wallachia. It almost sounds fake. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Basarab and his supporters fled at the approach of Vlad and his army. Some fled back to the Ottoman Empire while the rest found shelter in the Transylvanian mountains. Vlad quickly crowned the warlord of Wallachia, and soon after, his Transylvanian and Moldovanian supporters returned to their homes. Fled like a little... Meaning they get didn't put up a fight. No, they were just like, oh god, no! Not the impaler, I don't no, want to be impaled by him. Don't impale me again, you already impaled my wife three times last week. <laughs> no. Vlad tried to regain as much control as he could of Wallachia, but it had been left in an even worse state than when he had first taken control after all the sieges and crown changes. So it, it's just in a... Damn. Yeah, it's, it, they're all just like, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. We've had like eight rulers in the last, what, 14 years? Dang. Scary. Scary. And in either late December of 1476 or early January of 1477, Bazarab returned to Wallachia with a large Ottoman Empire. So he just went crying. He went crying to daddy. A bit. He just went back. He's like, I need soldiers now. He's back. Uh, and, he, and he called me a bitch. Daddy. Daddy. Well. And we get spanked. Unfortunately, it I, doesn't. I no, know. I know. At the time, Vlad only had an army of around 2,000 Moldavian soldiers, 
The nobility and even many of the peasants quickly abandoned Vlad, as they all seemed to be tired of Vlad's act of cruelty and decided they'd fare better joining the Ottoman Empire's control, and Vlad's army was quickly taken over by Bazarabs, which was nearly twice the size. Damn. Yeah. The exact details of Vlad's death are unknown and constantly debated. Many variations of his death are told by historians. Most say Vlad was simply killed in battle against the evading Ottoman Empire, though others contend he was assassinated by Wallachian boyars, and others claim that he was taken down by his own men, though everyone seems to agree that after Vlad's death, he was decapitated and his head was sent to Istanbul, where the Sultan put it on a stake as proof that Vlad Dracula had finally been defeated. Or was he? (laughs) Or was he? Well, I mean, actually, even if he was a vampire, decapitation would be, uh... Well, it depends. Some say that because he is supposed to be the original vampire, he cannot die that way. That even decapitation does not kill him because he would just regrow his body over time. Well, like, fucking Deadpool is gonna have the little baby body under the gigantic (laughs) head. Don't worry, it will get bigger. Mm. But, yeah, that was the end. A lot of people, a lot of places I was looking say that, especially over in the Ottoman Empire, they were terrified of Vlad. Oh, yeah. For good reasons. For very good reasons. The man had no chill. So they brought over the head as be like, yo, we finally killed him. And, you know... I really don't know, like, what side, and like, if there's even a side to side with, because yeah. it's not really, I don't, I don't know enough about the Ottoman Empire to know if they were, like, you know, bad. It just sounds like, you know, one country trying to take over the other. Yeah, basically, trying to increase their resources and the power. Mm-hmm. So, it can't really be, like, you know, it's not like the movies where the Ottomans are, like, you know, evil and they're just conniving. It's like, I'm pretty sure it was literally the same everywhere yeah yeah it was no different than when the roman empire tried to take over the world basically or an alexander tried to do it mm-hmm. alexander the great or the huns the huns the huns that should be something we cover sometime Ooh, yes but for right now that is the end of part two the end of the story of lad no as i said in the beginning next week hopefully next week if not the week after depending on what we do um we will be going into the stories of Vlad because there's, like I said, there's different stories, especially depending on what area they're from. They very, they they differ quite a bit. I will say that the majority of the stories that we all kind of think of, where Vlad was just like staking people like fucking crazy, yeah, come from the Germans. Nice, which is not a surprise as they were the ones that he fucking ravaged. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we'll go into some of the stories, like the more detailed stories that talk about all the crazy shit he did, whether it's real or fake. And we'll go into some of, like, the... I guess you could say the legacy. Yeah. And maybe even, you know, the little things that he inspired later in history. It'll be more of just, like, a a fun little exploration episode. Yeah. All the vampires he inspired. Mm. All the horrors of myths. The mythology. Absolutely. Freaking lately, that'd be cool. Like we already said, like the the beginning of uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula basically claims that Vlad Dracula was Dracula. Yeah. Which I mean, as weird as that movie was, I do like that beginning scene where he's just like, "Fuck your god!" I denounce <laughs> your god. And he's just like stabbing all the cross statues, and the angels are bleeding. Yeah. 
That's pretty fucking sick. It is. Even if his armor is weird as shit. Did you ever see Dracula Untold? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They definitely, they definitely, yeah, they definitely took inspiration there too. Yep. That was that was that was pretty cool. Well, that, as he was losing, he went to the caves and found a monster that like, gave him the powers. The beef threat. I love that the 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 vampire in the cave looks like Nosferatu. I know, right? Looks like they tied it together. He could be the like the original. That makes sense because he's fucking monstrous looking. Yeah, remember, mm-hmm. he even inspired Uncle or Grant, whatever his name is, from um. Billy Adventures. We're gonna move into the Billy and Mandy. Oh, Dracula. Yeah, Dracula don't bite. Oh, Dracula, Dracula scrape and lick. lick. Dracula scrape <laughs> and lick. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, we'll definitely be going into all of that <laughs> when we uh, come back at you with this. No. Yes. Oh. But no, this was this was fun. This is finally a history episode that had an entire story that I could read. <laughs> And it wasn't just like, I don't know what happened. No one knows what happened. Thankfully, yeah. Because this one was pretty well documented. Oh, yeah. it was, And it's been well preserved throughout history. It was so well documented that I actually didn't include everything. Thanks for listening, everyone. Yeah. Um, as always, everything's going to be in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I have any announcements. Do you? Nah. Not today. All right. Well, thank you all. Hail Satan. Blessed be. And take care.